world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello everyone, I'm really excited to have our guest Tanya Kusi here today. She is a crystal whisperer, light code activator, and spirit channel. She's been connected with spirit and creating since childhood, and she now brings forward messages of support and love from higher dimensional beings, including the archangels, ascended masters, elementals, and galactic councils. Many of these communications are co-created into higher resonance frequency paintings filled with light codes to activate you to your highest potential and support you in your awakening experience. With a lifelong love of learning and a multifaceted background in fine art, science, education, healing, wellness, and guidance, Tanya utilizes all her abilities into a streamlined, heart-filled practice. She is celebrating the first year anniversary of her YouTube channel, Light Code, where she shares channel messages and art videos. Her work creates an invitation to connect with a part of yourself that you have forgotten and to remember that there is more available to you than you had ever thought. Whether you are a spiritual seeker beginning your journey, a starseed, light worker, or way shower, I think you'll find plenty of interesting ideas shared here today. Uh, I started following Tanya and just fell in love with her paintings and also the messages she was channeling. Um, And I'm really honored that she is a guest today. We were having a little issue with our internet connections, um, so it will, the interview cuts in and out here and there. Um, But hopefully you can, you know, gather the context clues and, and hopefully you don't miss too much. So here we go. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I, I'm trying to remember how I stumbled across your account. I don't know if it was on YouTube or Instagram, but I was just like immediately mesmerized. And I think it's because, um, well, I was like exploring all the like star seed stuff and trying to figure out like, what does this mean? And like what kind of star seed might I be and stuff like that. And um, one thing I really liked about your videos um, is just how like open you were like about, well, you might be a star seed or you might just be spiritual <laughs> or you might, you know, like I, I really yeah. liked that. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I wanted to start off by asking you, like, how did you start channeling? Oh, I love this question, but it's really big. So rein me in if I digress. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say channeling for me probably started when I was a child, but I didn't know that's what it was. And at that point, it was, uh, you know, the stories of the children with the imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they are. I think it's your spirit guides or you're connecting with energies that are around you. And it just becomes part of who you are and then you get a little bit older and it's kind of taught out of you you know the children are taught to not believe certain things and all of that and that 
ability kind of dulls down. It doesn't go away because I personally think that anybody can channel. I think we all have access to our intuition abilities and synchronicities are remembering who you are and getting these little pings from the universe that are saying, hey, do you want to play? Not today? Oh, okay. Well, I'll come back. I think that's what happened to me. So fast forward many years later, um, it the spiritual aspect of my life has always been there. And I've always had a great knowing and understanding of things. One that I thought everybody did, you know, and, and I know now that we do, but at that point it was for me, it was like, well, what do you mean you can't see that? Or what do you mean you can't feel that? So you just learn to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. But there was an opening of what I call the unity consciousness, which is the thoughts and energies and beingness and creativity and everything that everybody on earth is contributing to. And this kind of opened up in the late 90s, 80s, 90s. And for me, that's when everything sort of came back in again. And so at that point, I was doing a lot of really structured work, um, teaching at universities and doing graphic design. And then it just it didn't feel right anymore. You know, there was a shift and it didn't feel, and I was like, I wonder where is this going? And it kind of shifted back. And then all of a sudden it opened. And yes, I am getting back to your original question. <laughs> it just takes a while. It takes a little side. Um, it just kind of opened up. And then I felt this pull back to being with spirit, connecting with spirit. I'm very, like you are very earth connected. And so I would go for walks in the forest and I would connect with the energy of the trees and the ground and, you know, all the plants and the energies that are around. And it was like you feel the voice, the energy of what is there, but there's something in your logical mind that goes, and so you just kind of ignore it. But it started to be less of ignoring it and, hey, that's interesting. Is that me or am I hearing something? And so the more I listened to it, the stronger it became. And then it became, uh, I would say, around 2009 or so. Um, I had been ill for a long time, had chronic illness, which I still am challenged with here and there. But uh, it gave me some downtime. And in that downtime, it got much stronger. And I started to listen to it more. And then it became more clear and then it was following intuition. And then, um, and then everything just went exponential and it started in around 2011. And I started to get really fascinated with, um, I'm sure your viewers would have heard of this. It's called Organite and Organite is a wonderful combination of of, um, earth-based materials that can work together to actually create uh, a way of clearing energy, a way of creating energy. And um, based on the piezoelectric effect of putting quartz under pressure, which creates a pulse of energy. And so for any of you who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, if you remember the old digital watches and you would watch it pulse a second, that's piezoelectric effect. It's the crystals that are being compressed. And so they have a continuous uh, beat of energy. So I got really into the organite and started creating that. And once I started the organite, everything just opened wide up. Hmm. And I was channeling spirit. I was working with uh, high frequencies, the solfregio frequencies. So it was making organite and curing them to um, like 
524 hertz or different uh, frequencies because they had an affinity to different types of healing. And then it just got more and more specific. And so one of my favorite experiences was in 2012 when we had what was called the 12-12-12 gateway, which for a lot of people was where their spiritual awakening started, where everything just kind of opened. And my personal take, because I think everyone has their own views on spirituality, and as it should be, right? You go out, you play, you experiment, you look, you read, you watch videos, and you let what lighten you up guide you, mm -hmm. and what does not falls away. And so we all have our own takes on things, which I think is wonderful and valid and part of it. And for me, the 12-12-12 gateway was a very spiritual moment. For me, it was a pivot point. It was, which way do I want to go? Do I want to continue to do what I was doing? Do I want to do something else? You know, I, I can't say in that moment if that was conscious <laughs> or if it was just happening. But I was in this incredible place. Uh, I live in British Columbia, Canada on Vancouver Island, which is off the West Coast. And for those of you who've never heard of it, it's pretty big. It's kind of like half the size of New Zealand. <laughs> so it's a oh, big wow. Place. I didn't realize. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we have like our own lakes and mountains and it's, it's quite a large place. And there's a beautiful place called Cathedral Grove. And we have ancient rainforest. This is actually a rainforest temperate zone that I live in. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, um, equatorial, but so, we have these amazing trees that are, are over a thousand years old. Wow. And so there's a place that has been left and it's now been the irony of it is it's owned by the logging companies. Oh, man. <laughs> and um, they left a little clutch of trees sort of as a promo to you know promote that they're doing sustainable logging. But it's a, it's a, a great place for people who are visiting because you can drive through. It's kind of like the redwoods. Mm -hmm. Drive through and stop. And for me, I always go off the beaten track. So 12, 12, 12, there wasn't a lot of people around. It was cold. And I was down in the forest with the thousand-year-old trees. And I was gathering um, natural downfall from the trees. And just, you know, some river pebbles and things to put in the organite so that the organite had the flavor of that gateway. And I made some um, pendants and whatnot with it. I think I actually have one. Let me grab that and I'll show you. We'll see. I hope that shows up clearly. Yeah. Ooh. Camera. I'm not sure it does. Put that behind it. Very cool. So that is lichen, and um, it's actually usnia, which is old man's beard. And that's natural downfall. And then it's got some of the pebbles, and there's a, a huge Herkimer diamond in there. <laughs> nice. And so it has that energy from that, that gateway moment where the collective consciousness kind of said, yeah, let's take the timeline in a different direction. And so I think a lot of people talk spiritually about this pivot point where you can choose one timeline or another. And one thing I think we could talk about later is duality, which is the whole earth experience. But it was, for me to get back on track, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Where I made that decision to say, yeah, let's, let's do more of that. And so I invited spirit around me and said, I would like to do more of this. What can I do to be in service? Because that's sort of an underlying theme that I've had in my life for always. And 
what can I do to be in service to humanity? How can I make this work? What should I be doing? And at that point, I was um, in my homeopathic practice, which I loved because it's also energy and medicine and healing. But it it wasn't it wasn't connecting as deeply as where I wanted to go. And so that's where that went. And so once that started, and I started with the organite and the higher frequencies and connecting with spirit and being in nature and talking to the elementals who are the natures of spirit, uh, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I was channeling nature spirits for people and actually doing readings for a while. And that was wonderful. And I felt so excited to do it and got to talk to some pretty amazing characters. <laughs> I don't mean the people I was working with. I mean, <laughs> talking to. And the more I learned to just trust it and let my so the stronger it became. And that's something I really wanted to share with your audience today, because I think that's one of the biggest challenges for any of us doing spiritual work, which can, you know, it's a huge wide gamut of things that we all do. But when we learn to trust what's coming in, it really opens the door that might not have been there before. So yeah. It's, I've definitely experienced um, that recently it's interesting because there's like a I feel like there's a training period sort of where you're also learning discernment you know and you're kind of mm -hmm. like you got to have a few times where you're like you got something and it wasn't right on <laughs> and you kind of really? learn from that <laughs> and then like and then once you start to get better at the discernment piece then it seems like okay now the more that you trust like the more you're it's going to come through at least that's mm -hmm. how it's gone for me. I don't know. And I think that's one of the biggest teaching that I've done. And I've done spiritual teaching many, many years. But I really believe in allowing people to choose what feels right. Mm -hmm. And then um, I used to do confidence coaching for highly sensitive people because I'm one. And I went through a lot of not great experiences, which... In retrospect, I don't regret because it made me who I am. And it took a long time to get to that point where I can look in the mirror and go, you're awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> every day, but at least I can look in the mirror now because I spent a lifetime of doing that. Yeah. And um, it's, it's learning those basic techniques that can be applied to anything. So discernment is key because it really allows you to choose okay, what is it that I'm allowing into my energy field, first of all? Mm -hmm. And secondly, does this feel right for me? Mm -hmm. And why am I accepting at face value what someone is telling me, whether that's a person or a book or an experience or, you know, media? Why, why am I doing that? So it's real inspection within. And it's such, a, it's such a key part in our humans, having this human experience as a spiritual being, because it really lets you say, yeah, I'm here. I have the power of choice and I have the ability to do what feels right for me. Mm -hmm. But it, it can take a while to get there, you know? Yeah. And that brings me to my, my next question, which is like, uh, how do, how does it work for you? Like, how do you recognize the different energies? And I'm really interested in this, um, when it comes to like the galactics that you channel as well. Um, mm. Because I don't know, I this is really like a personal question because for me, like I hear all of these 
I hear things, but I don't know who it is. You know, uh, it's, yeah. for me, I don't know. Maybe it's just my higher self or it's a culmination, but I don't have a great way of just recognizing exactly what it is. So how does that work for you? Um, well, I, yeah, I don't actually hear voices all the time. Mm -hmm. It's more of um, a knowingness, which I've always had, mm -hmm. and then tuning into that. And so one of the, now I will get to your question, but it needs a preamble uh, yeah, from my part, which is <laughs> I was at that point when I was younger that I was so excited to connect with spirit anything I had no boundaries I was completely amorphous I was like oh my gosh spirit and I was like letting everything in and it wasn't a great thing to do because yeah. I'm highly sensitive and so I, I grew up in um that had a lot of spirit untethered and so I mean everybody from the town that I grew up in has a ghost story now I look back on it and say, okay, I don't think it's ghost per se. It's, you know, it's spirit. But at that point, I was feeling everything. So the second I got the a tinge of something that wasn't kind of scary, it was like, oh, let it in, let it in. So no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a huge contributor to um, lifelong chronic fatigue. Oh, and that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're just putting so much energy out, you know, and we're taught on the physical level that if you're being active or you're working out or you're doing something, that's your energy, but it's also in thought and intention. And so if you are constantly anxious or constantly uh, feeling into energies and allowing it to come in without a filter, mm -hmm. you're leveled out. Yeah. So learning to get those boundaries in place are very important. And that took me, I'm not going to lie. I'm in my fifties. It took me in uh, like up until maybe five years ago. Wow. So things are on a much faster timeline now. You know, people are learning this very early and quickly and it's wonderful. And I'm glad to see that happening, but it is a reminder. It's the whole self-care um, ball of wax. You know, there's all of that. Yeah. But learning to get those boundaries in place and say, all right, this is part of my process. So I have a group of spirits that I work with that are my inner circle. They're always with me. Mm -hmm. I call them in. I put up my boundaries. Mm -hmm. I create. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just having a little bit of uh, voices, a chat in here. <laughs> all right. So for those of you that want to try this at home, uh, this is what I do. You don't have to sit in the lotus position and meditate for four hours to be able to channel spirit. Hi, I'm an ex-meditator of four hours a day every day. For <laughs> <laughs> That's all I did. <laughs> you could be washing the dishes. You can be out walking in nature, connecting with the trees. It's that moment where your mind kind of goes quiet mm -hmm. and you're not in the busy mind. That's meditative. Now, add to that intention. And that's when things get really fun. So that's what I do. I'll sit down and say, all right, I would like to work with a group of spirit. And this, um, this past year has been primarily galactics. And I'll say, I would like to work with a group of galactic spirit for a week or so. And who is it that's going to come in? Or I'll ask for a specific group. And I use um, a 
very neutral space. So I will sit down. I invite in my closest group. Archangel Michael's at the front. And I say, hey, Archangel Michael friend, um, can you work as a gatekeeper so that only the energies that need to come through uh, are, that are the most relevant, that are of the uh, vibration that people are really wanting to be connecting to will come through. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to worry about dealing with any other stuff. Right. So it frees up a lot of energy for me to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then I create a space that feels comfortable in my mind. So for me, I create a very neutral space. It's kind of white. You know, I've got nice hardwood floors, colorful cushions, <laughs> you know, uh, plants, just somewhere that feels comfortable for me. And then I basically create a door and I wait for a knock on the door. And uh, ask Archangel Michael who it is, and then I'll get a connection. Sometimes I'll be very specific. For instance, I've been working with the Blue Avians, who are a very interesting group, mm-hmm. higher dimensional frequency group. And I said, I would like to work with these guys because I haven't before, and I'd like to connect with this energy. How does that feel? It took a while. You know, I kind of put it out there, and it took a while. And it was more not them being accessible, it was my energy not being ready to channel that vibration because it's very high frequency it takes a lot of energy so you have to be in a very relaxed state Mm -hmm. this is me for you guys who are channeling or for you wendy if you're channeling it's just a matter of where you come so to recap it's comfortable in a nice space where you can have a little inviting the guides that you like to work with around you being clear in your boundaries who am i inviting what kind of energy am I going to allow? Am I going to allow a single entity or a group? Mm-hmm. I work with groups of consciousness often. Am I going to um, do this because I would like answers for myself or a specific question? Am I going to ask for a message for others? You know, it's really about the finesse of the detail. Yeah. And that gives it a lot more focus. The more focus, the more, in my experience, um, the more strong of a connection that I get. Hmm. That makes sense. I think it's really interesting. I think for me, I'm just like, I'm not as sensitive as you. So I feel like I have a narrower channel. And so the, it's almost like I've automatically been having an intention and that's, and then whatever I'm aligned with is what I'm aligning. Does that make sense? Like I'm aligning what's coming through is what I'm aligned with. But I, maybe it's just a matter of asking questions like, who is this? And sometimes I get senses yeah. of like, um, who it is based on where they're directing me to look at. Like a lot of times I'll be directed to certain books or looking up certain pieces of history and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I'm just fascinated by the galactic thing because it's just so vast, you know? And, um, and it's, it's funny, like, the, the whole star seed thing, some people feel like, <clears throat> you know, people think they're special if they're like a star seed or something. And <laughs> um, I always wonder, like, and I'm curious what your theories are, like, have we all had galactic lives, you know, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I think. I think so. Um, Um, So this goes back to discernment, which is 
allowing what works for you and what feels good for you to guide you and let go of what does not. So this is my own personal point of view. And I said, all of us uh, on the earth at this time are living a multidimensional meaning that we are living right now, this, you know, 3D density, uh, but also at a higher vibration. And by higher vibration, I don't mean that it's better or worse. It's just a vibration. So uh, one of my favorite examples to explain that simply is a hummingbird, simply because they come in over winter here. <laughs> so they're outside all the time. So if you see a hummingbird in motion, you can't see her wings, right? Because they're going like this, super fast, super fast. So they're in a different vibration. If you were in the same vibration as she was, you would see it like this. Right? It's kind of like time-lapse photography, you'd be slower. So a higher vibration is simply a vibration that we are not uh, visually aware of, but emotionally and spiritually and sometimes mentally you are. So this is very much like the channeling uh, process, that you are aware that there is something outside of you. So for you, you were saying sometimes you're hearing voices and whatnot. Um, for me, it's a matter of feeling the flavor of the energy that's there. Mm -hmm. And I have forgotten your original question. Oh, I was just, <laughs> I was asking what you thought about like uh, star seeds versus, well, I shouldn't say that's the thing. I'm, I'm just mesmerized by the whole star seed concept. Right. Okay. I've got to bring my brain back in. Um, so was I when I came across it. And I thought it was fascinating because for me, I don't have star seed, but yet I see all, all of seeds. And by that, I mean, this is where I was going with the multidimensional aspect that you might be living an earth life, but you might also be having an existence, let's say on Antares, mm -hmm. or you might be a Pleiadian, or you might be connected with Arcturus or Antarian. There are many different starseed groups mm -hmm. um, that we've recognized. And those are only within our own perceptible galaxy. You know, mm -hmm. think outside the box, there's even more. Mm -hmm. So as a unifying force for many people that are coming into what a lot of us call the great awakening or the great shift, where you've opened up and suddenly said, I'm not so mainstream anymore. There are these possibilities. There are these options that I had never considered. There is more to this experience than I had ever thought. Let's go play. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, that. And then it's like <laughs> the ones who have gotten into it can then be there for the next people that say, Absolutely. Huh, I'm starting to like feel these weird things. And then they've got someone to relate to and go, oh, it's totally fine. Like I'm multidimensional too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's part of the, a lot of the teachings that come through in the channeling that I do on how this process works in their point of view. And that's a lot of, you know, like we've been through these states of difficulty because we're here to help those who are coming. And so this is where the term way shower comes from, that you are showing the way for those who are about to go through what you went through. Some people like the word beacon or lighthouse. It all means the same thing. It means you've been through this. You now have the ability to share your knowledge your, your energy, your experience, and that's going to help people who are going through what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And that 
season two and all of that. But I just want to finish the starseed thing because I think this is something where a lot of people get really fast, also get really stuck because it's something new and exciting and you want to go, I read this list and this list was me and no one has ever related to me before. And it said, I'm sensitive. Yeah. And I care about people. Yeah. And I feel a connection to the star. Yeah. And, and then you read these lists and some of them are very specific, but some of them, you got to be honest, are kind of a Myers-Briggs <laughs> lowdown of, of personality types, you yeah. know? And so you see that INFP and all of that jazz are basically the checklist. So yes, many people will read that and go, I must be a starseed. Mm -hmm. But you are because you're on earth at this time and everybody that's on earth at this time is connected to the same energy. We're all here together. And there is this great component of the human experience called the ego, where <laughs> we separate ourselves from the earth and, and get all into our brains and very logical and forget that you're as much a part of the earth of you. And that without you are not independent. And I think that's where a lot of things are starting to change now. This is where a lot of the difficulty and the, um, uh, such a rabbit hole, but where a lot of the things that we have done as a race have really caused a detrimental effect. Mm. And I think it's starting to change because we're waking up now and saying, wait, we're connected to this. We're responsible for this. We can make the change. Mm -hmm. And so in that aspect, I believe that all people are star seeds, meaning that you have a connection to an awareness of information that is not solely from the earth and not from the things that you have been brought up with, not from the experiences, not from the media that you were blasted, but this information that triggers something inside of you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of the work that I do. So it's allowing you to remember something that was already there and turning that on. And so many people see star seeds and that's that first step into the journey because it's that Again, it's that checklist that makes you go, I am connected to something outside of the mainstream and there's other people like me and holy smokes, I can't believe it. Someone's going to understand me. Someone's going to see me. And I think that connection is the basis of so much of the experience that a lot of us have really been missing. Mm. Yes. It's interesting too. Some days I'll just be like, like, I guess it might've even just been yesterday. I was like, thinking about what my, where I was at, where my interests were at like two years ago versus like now, like since my awakening. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, this is so funny to think about, but what's interesting too, is like, I'll look back at things I was writing, um, say on like my, my farm Instagram or something like that before all of this. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can look at that now and recognize like you were channeling, like you were channeling deep wisdom. Like it's interesting because I, it just feels like writing, you know, but I feel like most creative processes really are channeling something oh, yeah. um, higher than yourself, but you just, we're not always conscious that that's what we're doing. You know, I, yes, I think that's wonderful uh, segue into a 
so many conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, how did your painting, your channel painting start? Well, I've done, uh, I just want to address what you said first, because I think yeah, it's really yeah, go. because a lot of people hear the word creative and kind of go, ooh, mm -hmm. it, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. But that, that's not what it means. And a wonderful gateway into channeling is actually automatic writing. That's actually how I started doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but creativity is mathematics. Creativity is making a wonderful meal for those that you love and putting together ingredients in a way that perhaps aren't in the recipe. That's creating. So it's not just, you know, uh, performance and uh, voice and art mm -hmm. and painting and sculpture. It's the, in, again, the word is intention, but sometimes it is, it's not conscious, but you are creating from your heart, from a loving space, something that's going out and helping people. And it's that moment of creating. Where did that inspiration come from? What is it today that made me decide to put oregano in the spaghetti sauce? <laughs> versus the other day where all I did was basil like what is that little thing and sometimes it's that feeling or sometimes it's that voice that's you know there but you know you have we all have that internal voice that's talking mm -hmm. and sometimes when that voice gets quiet because we all have the monkey mind hi how's it going what's it doing what got a kill on today where's the cell phone da, da, da. how come the zoom's not working yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um when that gets quiet, there's something underneath there. And that's where it's really fascinating to listen. Mm. And that's where it's really important to learn what is your energy and what is not your energy. Mm -hmm. um, I created a really quick exercise that I love to teach to people. It's called an energetic check-in. And I used to do this with the coaching work that I did. But um, it's so simple and it's a really, really great thing, not just for people that are highly sensitive, but for anybody. So if you're somebody that is new to all of this and you're listening and you're like, this is interesting, like, where's this conversation going? I'm not sure if I'm resonating with this, but here's something fun to try. So it's basically a body scan. It takes about 20 seconds to do. So when you're in bed in the morning, and you're just kind of coming out of that, you know, coming up out of that oceany place and waking up. When you sit up and you put your feet on the floor, imagine that you're connecting in to the earth, into Mother Earth Gaia, whether you see that as an, a ball of fire or a crystal in the center of the earth or a motherly figure that's there and loving and taking care of you. And you feel connected into that space. And then just imagine that there's a light coming from your body down into the earth and follow that light from the earth back up with all that energy. And as it comes up, you begin to connect in with your physical body. So your toes and your ankles and your shins up to your knees and your thighs, your hips, your abdomen, up over your chest, down your arms, to your hands, your fingers, up through your neck, into your head. And as you're doing that, you're just bringing your consciousness back into your physical being and feeling you inside of this wonderful vessel that's carrying you through in your earth experience. And whether that's a matter of, oh, my ankles are killing me today. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, oh, there's, but now what you've done is you've grounded yourself, which is great and calm yourself down. But you also have a benchmark for your day. So this is me in my body right now. How do I feel? Okay, I know my knee hurts. 
um, I might feel a little bit teary because I was reading a sad book yesterday, or I'm feeling happy because the grandkids are coming, or you know, whatever experience you're connecting with. Now, as you go out into your day, if you have an experience and suddenly you've gone from where you were to, oh, I'm so irritated, I'm so frustrated, I can't get over this, Ugh. and it's coming out of nowhere. So that is you having encountered an energy field that is not your own, that you are picking up and letting into your body. Hmm. And so that, again, is why boundaries are really good, but also getting that connection point where you're like, okay, I know who's me and I know what's not me. So that as I go out into my day and I have these experiences with people, and this includes being online, by the way. So if you're going on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, doing a Zoom call, having a phone, um, and all of a sudden, and you're not sure if that's you or not, well, now you know, right? I was fine, and I was having this kind of experience, and now I'm not. So I think it's a really, it's a really good way to kind of connect in with that energy. Again, really essential when you're channeling or just in your day-to-day, -day, having your experience, playing in the information that's out there to know where you're at, right? Because otherwise it really does open you up to be impressionable. Now I'm speaking from my experience as a sponge of a lifetime. <laughs> you know, I would read stuff and I'd be like, oh, I read this thing and now I'm Pleiadian. And then I read this other thing and I was like, oh yeah, but that's like Pleiadian, but no, this is even more me. I'm Syrian, I thought I'm Syrian. And then I was hip hopping all over the place, right? And then I finally realized I'm oh, none of these things. <laughs> It's, it was just being too vacuous and not being mindful. And it's fun energy. And it's fun to play with that creativity. And it all brings you back into that fun experience of really being a spiritual being. Mm. And however you define spirituality, right? Because it's different for every single person. Yeah, that's true. It is interesting. I have to say, like, that's one of my favorite things. Just when you said that it, it brought me to, and maybe this is just my monkey mind, but one of the things that I love exploring about spirituality is the commonalities. Like I love looking at, um, all of these different ancient civilizations and texts and, uh, philosophies and seeing where they overlap, you know? Cause I guess I'm always seeking truth, but I'm also real, like the, the more that I, you kind of shave off these layers of like conditioning and, and kind of fall more into my full self. I realize that truth is just, it's, it can be very subjective. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think there's as many truths as there are people. Mm, mm -hmm. And um, that's why it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Never run out of the seeking, right? <laughs> well, seeker. Um, I don't know if that was mine or if that was something that came through spirit that I was talking with. But for me, it's a way of invite. In, a lot of the work that I do is an invitation because I really think that it's, um, and I co-create, which means what is coming through me is a collection of my experiences, thoughts, and beliefs, along with the energies that are coming in with their own feel. And so 
Um, there are many types of channels and ways of people channeling. Some people actually are separated right out of their physical beingness and open themselves up to energies that they trust to come in and actually embody them. And so you'll see people, you'll actually see uh, physical changes, like their face might change, their intonation and voice will change, the way that they talk, use their hands, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. And it's it's fascinating. Now, I don't do it that way. Yeah. Um, trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> but sometimes when I feel very comfortable and I do trust, like there are some that I to get close to that but it is still for me a creative person and um, an artist and so we work together and this these frequencies these energies come into the work now I pulled a couple of paintings just to um, you had asked before but how do I know about the different energy and so um, the other thing I thought might be fun is to just read a couple of the descriptions of some of the different star seeds now, grain of salt, folks, this is um, from the energies that I channel and, and purely intuitive. So this is not from things that I have read, but of course, that's always in the background, right? Yeah. But if it resonates, great. If not, no worries, right? But remember, just find what works for you and let go of what doesn't, because my description of Syrian might not be the same as yours or Pleiadian. So there are many, many groups. I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going to read um, folks that I've had. The Centaurians, the Andromedans, the Antarcturians, the Blue Avians, the Lyrian, the Pleiadian, the Syrian, the Orion, the Ursa Minor. And that's only a handful. There's probably about 60 to 80 um, well-known groups right now. If you are feeling a connection to a group or you're doing some research and looking that up, I highly suggest checking out some of the groups in social media because there are ones that are um, specifically for people that resonate with that particular name or group or energy. But some of the ones that I think are really funny because this came through the other day, the Alpha Centauri, who I have not channeled yet. All I got was this really specific <laughs> information. They're observers. It's basically, how's the experiment going? <laughs> <laughs> they're administrators and coordinators and council members and so um there are many light there are many groups that are around the planet at this time assisting humanity as we begin to change and shift um i'm looking to the sky because we're having a wonderful day with blue sky and clouds which is quite rare here in the winter and for many people, they will actually, um, in the third eye, begin to sense that there are energies or crafts around the earth. And if that is your truth, then it is true. Uh, a lot of them you will see in the clouds. I have some amazing footage, some that I took not even a week ago, of right-angled clouds. So That's spaceship amazing. or not a spaceship, you know, it's up to your interpretation. For me, it was like, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> 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 Um, some of the other ones, like the Antarians are one um, that I think a lot of people really relate to. And Pleiadians, I think, because they are the ones, I'll read Pleiadians, because that is kind of the ones that people come to first. Mm -hmm. And um, Pleiadians are very loving and very, they're the nurturers of the earth. 
So many people that are awakened to the starseed experience or the galactic experience or channeling are nurturers, are people who are taking care of everybody else first, which is why it's essential to learn how to take care of yourself or you just take yourself down, right? Right. So um, the Pleiadians are also warriors. And by warriors, I don't mean that they're at war in the traditional sense, but they are the ones that are going to be activists and are going to be aware of injustices and want to make a difference and have that overwhelming, I have to do something to help feeling. And I think all starseeds possess that, but the Pleiadians in particular have that so strong. That's, that is probably why many people think that they are Pleiadian to start because that is sort of the overriding energy. And they're um, very sensitive and intuitive. They are defenders. They are here to help us shift up out of old dense energies, a lot of which have been shifted off at this point. Um, that's a discussion for a whole other podcast. <laughs> but there, have been, back. <laughs> yeah, um, there are, and I'm sure for anybody listening, you have noticed there has been a radical change in the energy on earth in the past few years, since before um, 2021, there was a big shift. And so we have this duality, this phenomenal split in the consciousness of earth. And so the Pleiadians were really here to help us get through that hurdle because it was a big one, you know, and allowing us to see that there is a choice, which way do we want to go? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, uh, they're, they're fascinating. And last but not least of all of them, I really want to read the Antarians. And I have to read this because whilst I channel and I sit with these energies and I know these energies intimately for a short period of time, I can't hold on to it all. Yeah. <laughs> so much information. So, um, the Antarians are really about duality. And the really cool thing about this is their biggest challenge is that they can really get sucked into the density of the earth experience. Mm. And that really means going down the dark wall, you know, having the, the struggle and the lack and the I'm not good enough and I'm never going to amount to anything and I, I can't make any money. And, you know, this it's very easy to go down that hole and to be stuck in that energy. And so for them, their mission here is really to remember their joy mm. and to remember that inside light you up. And this is for, for men going through the challenge of the awakening where you kind of get to that point where once you hit that surge of information and excitement, then things start to really shift. And you're sort of given these, um, I like to call them opportunities when things get really challenging. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. Do I want to continue on in this path or do I want to examine it and let it go? Or do I just want to put it in my back pocket and I'll try it again in a couple of years, <laughs> you know, cause things will twirl around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It allows you to connect in with that. So they're really here to let go of worry and perceive judgment. And it's something that a lot of us really challenge with are challenged with. So I think there it's a good one to be focused on, but I have a visual because visuals are always fun, especially for people like me. So I'm going to share some of the works that I did. Yeah. Um, um, you had asked me, how do I know the difference between the energies? Yeah. For me, it's a sensate thing. But the really cool thing is I used to paint in acrylics. I was a photorealistic painter, which means I would take a photo 
I would replicate it like it was in three dimensions. Mm -hmm. And so when I came to channeling, that didn't work. And there was this period of me letting go of that control, that tightness, um, the pre-thought. It all went out the window. Mm-hmm. And what better medium than watercolor? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> There's no control. You have no idea where it's going to go, how it's going to connect. You have an idea of the things. But so for me, the process is really I connect with the energy that I'm channeling. So let's say um, the Ontarians, they were the first group that it came through. And I had this sensation of we want to work with this color palette. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what do I do? Let's get the color right. And they're like, nope. <laughs> just sit down pull out some paper and some paint and let's get to it and I had never done that in my life Mm. and so this is one of the very first paintings nice that came through and I love it it looks like a stargate or a portal kind of that's exactly what it is it is a portal it's um it's a violet portal and uh, a lot of the paintings that I do I, I don't think it'll show in the zoom unfortunately I use um a combination of flat but also mica based watercolor so they're shimmery and they catch the light which is wonderful because these are filled with light which is amazing and this one you might recognize yes i have a print of that one yeah so that was the ontario now do you see that there is kind of a similarity between the two yeah yeah right so i was like oh that's fascinating and everything i was doing with the ontarians had that kind of triangular with the bottom cut off spaceship thing. And then I, I started working with the Andromedans and this is what came up. <laughs> oh yeah. Radically different. Yeah. I and see, it's weird. Cause I see so much like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like they're, they're abstract, but yet I feel like I'm seeing something that, that makes sense to me on a deep mm-hmm. level, you know? And that's part of what they are. They're activation art, which means Um, the energy of the group of beings that I am working with is coming through me into these verbal messages, which sometimes I'll play back when I'm painting. I've had a couple instances where I'm actually channeling while painting. That was trippy. Um, And so their frequencies are actually embedded within. And the cool thing is I'm looking at that going, hey, I've had people comment on my YouTube channel where I actually show the process of creating this and then play the message back of the um, group say I've seen that in my dreams and I was like get out of town (laughs) that's so trippy and and so like you're saying you it's it's waking up something inside Mm -hmm. and it's that awakening and it's the whole um all of the light language that comes through whether that is in the writing or verbally spoken or in the hand uh a lot of that is coming through as well and um, I'm just going to show you a couple more just so you get a flavor. So they're all quite different. That's Syrian. Hmm. Oh, it's, that's interesting to me too. You've had another painting. I don't know if it was Syrian, but I, when I look at uh, some of your paintings, I feel Egyptian vibes, which oh yeah, it's Syrian yeah, yeah. makes sense to me. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, that's actually Pleiadian. And these are really interesting because they have no up or down, right? Yeah. Hope that shows up. I can give you some stills later. Um, this is actually some of the light language that came. And you see that they're all very different. They all have their own flavor. And so that is kind of what it's like when I'm channeling. There's a flavor um, 
there is a theme that comes through that you'll hear again and again and again. Uh, the archangels are very different. Metatron has been somebody that's been in my life from the get-go, and he is fascinating, and he came through a lot. And then I had one, which was a uh, three or four angels, and this is one of the first ones that I did, which I love, because I it's very, I'm going to try and sh- turn it in the light. I can light. see, yeah, how it's shimmering. Yeah, so these are angel codes. Their healing Archangel Raphael, who's the angel of healing, was um, quite a part of this one. And these, again, very different, right? You can see these are quite thick and specific glyphs. And for any of you who read Cassandra Clare's work, um, and she's really about glyphs and that sort of thing, it has a kind of a feeling to it as well. Hmm. Like you were saying about being connected to the... um, past civilizations and I know you love to put pictures on your Instagram of a lot of Egyptology and other things mm-hmm. you will see uh, glyphs go all the way back all the way back to the beginning back to the um, when we have some of the first paintings which was just you know and then a relief on the wall of a hand mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's in Australia or one of those and beside it there's glyphs and so they go all the way back and you'll see these repeat again and again. And so this is why many people feel that the star seeds, um, of course, there's many theories. One is that they were here predating our human existence, that the human existence is an experiment and that we, which is where star seeds comes from, right? Is that there were galactic groups that connected into the humans at the time and brought their DNA, their information and made it part of the evolution that was happening already. And so basically guiding humanity into a specific trajectory. And so it makes sense that we see these repeated informations, these repeated signs and symbols and glyphs throughout, um, like sacred geometry, which I know you want to talk about because it's so awesome. <laughs> and um, you will see this all the way back to the beginning. And they're everywhere. Right. And that's that is the wonderful rabbit hole of jumping into the spiritual world. It never ends. <laughs> totally. So something tell me you about your oh sorry, go sorry. ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, tell me about your fascination with all of the sacred geometry and how that started for you, because I'm really curious. Yeah. Uh I don't even know if I would say I'm fascinated by sacred sacred geometry. Like I I'm not at this level where like, I know all these different shapes and what they mean or anything for me, it was mostly the hexagon. Um, it was specifically that shape, um, that came through for me. And it's, it's interesting because, um, there is some sort of like deep philosopher, polymath, like alchemist inside me somewhere. I don't know if this is like past life or what it is exactly, but that's what I feel like I channel mostly. (laughs) And, um, one time I was just listening to, there's this amazing, uh, polymath named Robert Edward Grant. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but he is a mathematician and he studies like the, um, 
proportions of the pyramid related to all kinds of things like da Vinci paintings. And he's got mm -hmm. a partner that explores like Shakespeare's writings and how they're encoded with all of this math and everything. So I was listening to a podcast with him and they were talking about the hexagon and um, there's a hexagon on Saturn. And I was just whirling around in my brain. Okay. Well, how does that like connect to the archetype of the father and like all these other archetypes of like responsibility and boundaries and all of this stuff. And I'm like going to, I'm thinking all these things and I'm going to get like dog food out of a drawer for my dog. And I turn around and there's a hexagon shining on the wall. <laughs> the sun was <laughs> shining in on my computer screen and it was reflecting this hexagon. And then mm -hmm. I was just getting all this information about water. I mean, I just had all this like information pouring in and I, I say here, but it's really more knowing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for me, like it's all, it comes out a lot in writing as well. Like, I guess it's automatic writing. And, um, and so I just became obsessed with the hexagon mostly and the, and the hexagram and the structure of water. And then, I found like the molecular structure of carbon, which looks like a star yeah. and it just was connecting all these dots. Like that's what my brain does. I just, I, I don't know if you've ever looked into Sabian symbols before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting. And I was just going to put a little bug in your ear for later, which is buckyballs, which you've probably explored. And if not, I haven't, no, <laughs> which are, um, go back to my organized days of working with a um, material called shungite. And shungite is has a molecular structure of these buckyballs, which Buckminster Fuller is the one who actually uh, discussed it. And because of their molecular structure, they have this ability to actually mitigate electromagnetic fields. Mm. And that's why it's used so much in engineering and why people who make organite use it and say, hey, you can stop the EMFs on your phone. Yes. I have yeah. it on my phone. <laughs> I made those for years and years. I made those. Yeah, I've got so much organite in my house. I'm surprised I'm not glowing. <laughs> that is fascinating to me too. I just got into learning about organite and um, I'm interested in, in putting more in my house just to kind of mitigate like the frequencies and stuff. Um, but sorry, now I'm like, I got way off track, but you were asking yeah. about sacred geometry. Yeah. So you basically I just went down a super deep hexagon hole. <laughs> <laughs> I went down a sacred geometry hole for a long time. And um, I'm also a crystal whisperer. And what does that mean? Well, other than being a cool title, um, it means that I have the ability to connect with the energies of what I call the crystalline entities. And it, it's not like a Star Wars, Star Trek thing, although there's that in their whole genre, but it is feeling the energy and the song of them and understanding that they are as much a consciousness as we are. They're just on a really slow timeline, right? Like they move, they shift, they grow. They just do it really slowly. And so um, I've got one of my favorites right here. This guy is a great big double terminated cathedral quartz Beautiful. and it's an elestial which i'm not sure if that'll show up on the screen i hope it does um, and it's what's called a starberry quartz and that 
is um, derived from the word star plus library, which for many people believe is uh, the energy and information encoded within it from different star races. So again, the star seeds, so the Orions and the Alpha Centauri, the um, Pleiadians, there's a lot of Pleiadian crystals on the earth right now, um, Arcturians. And for people that are star seeds, they will really resonate with these. And they have these fascinating glyphs on them. Now, if you've got a crystal at home, I highly encourage you to do this. Get a magnifying glass, get a photographer's loop if you can, and that's L-O-U-P-E. And it's like a very focused magnifier. And spend some time with your crystals and check out the patterns and the energies that are there. And it's very fascinating that you will see on crystals from all over the world, the same kind of patterns that are repeating. Hmm. Just like sacred geometry, you'll see all sorts of things. And they all have different meanings and affinities in vibration and resonance to different people. Same as the starseed groups. Same can be said for a basic thing like color, which I always, because I have a science background. So at one point I was going to be a spider silk technologist because I was fascinated with arachnids. <laughs> I wanted to do that. So um, that's still in me. And so when people are skeptical about this, uh, because I come from a family where everybody's a scientist and right, right um, brained. Um, they're like, I don't understand what it is that you're doing. What does it mean? And I don't really believe in that stuff. And I said, well, it's the same as having, why do you look at something that is, say, purple versus that is, oh, I don't know, yellow and black. Mm -hmm. And you like one and you don't like the other. Why is that? And it's simply a matter of resonance and vibration like attracts like and so you see something yellow and you feel warm and comfortable and like oh i love that or you see something yellow and you're like i don't want to be near that thing and it's very visceral response for a lot of people mm -hmm. so you can take this example on any level whether it is sacred geometry whether it is star seeds whether it is channeling if you are in a resonance and frequency similar to paradigm then you're going to have an attraction to it and want to come forward into it and this is actually how the awakening is working it's one by one by one one person is connecting to something that opens up something in them possibilities joy creation i don't want to be working in an office anymore i need to be in a garden i need to create food that makes me feel happy it gives me joy you've moved into a different frequency Mm -hmm. And people around you will see that. Mm -hmm. And they themselves will be like, that's really fascinating. <laughs> and we always think we have to teach them and tell them how it works. But even just holding that energy in yourself, people see you as an example. Taking that energy into, this is my favorite thing in the world. Please try this, guys. This is so much fun. The next time you're in the grocery store and you're at the checkout and your checkout gal or a guy is having a rotter of a day and they are just not happy. Smile at them mm -hmm. or compliment them. And you'll be darned how that energy just shifts. And not only will it shift for them, it's going to shift for the next person that encounters them, who might then shift the next person behind them. 
And you see how this works, right? And that's how we're all helping each other one by one by one and shifting the consciousness of the earth at this time. Cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, it, I I absolutely agree. And I um, started laughing a little bit when you said like, you start to change and then people around you see that. And I started to laugh a little bit because not everyone likes it. <laughs> it's oh. kind of funny. Sometimes people in your life who maybe have been, um, you know, overstepping their ba- your boundaries and things like that. Once you start realizing, oh, I need boundaries. They don't like that. <laughs> no but what's beautiful about that is that even then you're setting an example for that person it's okay i'm setting boundaries for me it's okay for you to set boundaries for you too you know but um yeah sorry just personal thing there made me kind of no and it's such a i'm glad you brought that up because i think that is a shared experience by so many people and it's so valid because there are these things that we go through i mean you were talking to one of the most introverted people you've probably ever talked to. I live a hermetic existence. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm so comfortable with myself that I'm at home all the time by myself doing my thing. And I love it. And I love it. But it is, um, the flip is we have these experiences that we think we're the only ones going through it. Mm-hmm. And so we're not telling anybody, especially when we're sensitive and we're nurturers, because we want to make sure everyone else is okay first, right? We're not going to, I don't want to burden them with my problems, or I don't want to talk about that, or I don't want to be judged for how I feel or what I believe. So you just keep it quiet. And the more that we share that, the more it is, it's like giving a silent permission to those around us that, hey, it's okay, you can do this too. So it's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's It's part of I think the whole awakening experience, the star seed is part of that experience as you're going through it, that you're going to have those moments where you go, yeah, this way that I've been living and thinking is not feeling right anymore. I'm going to try something else. And as you do, the people that are still in that other vibration are not going to like it, right? Because they're going to sense something's changing. They don't want to change. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that there is no right or wrong in what you're doing. You're doing perfect. Mm-hmm. You're not a failure if you're not out on the front lines. You're not a failure if you don't feel like your awakening is helping humanity or that you're connecting with spirit or you're channeling or you're painting or whatever it is that is important to you that you feel is a goal that you haven't got to yet. You're doing okay. It's really important to know that. Mm-hmm. And we start to allow ourselves that space to just say, yeah, let's share this. It's very vulnerable. It's really scary mm-hmm. because yeah, like what if I lose my friends or what if my family isn't there for me? And, you know, so you kind of keep it quiet, but then you start to discover there's community out there. Mm-hmm. There are other people who are interested in this and they're having the same experience. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let's go chat with them. Right. Yeah. And so that's the beautiful thing is to remember you're not alone. Cause I know that's really important to a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I've found too, that like, as I keep going through this process, like I've, I've kind of learned where I can plant seeds or drop seeds, you know what I mean? And, um, and not just reveal way too much or, or, or drop way too much on somebody that's like, not necessarily where I'm at on their journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that becomes kind of fun too. Like, oh, maybe I'll just drop this little seed here. And when you see it click, you're like, yes. 
(laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's fun to do that, but also a little caveat, which is, it's a really sneaky thing because I went through this, especially having been trained as an educator and working in the traditional way is this overwhelming desire to teach everybody what you know. Yeah. Um, I got a little didactic. (laughs) I was like, this is what's happening. How can you not see it? You should be part of this. It's incredible. And then frustrated that they weren't coming on board and then kind of bulldozing the people. And that's really not cool. But that was my um, embodiment of the energy at that time. And it was my lesson to learn that to go through all of that step out of it at a point where you become an observer is really fascinating Mm -hmm. because it lets go of your ego it lets go of all of those expectations that you have that things should be a particular way or that people should act a certain way and the freedom in that is unbelievable yeah because you're not anxious (laughs) right you're not stressed out you're not worried and a lot of it of course comes from fear right we got to go down to the root you know, you can put all the other words on it, but it comes down to being afraid inside. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful process and it's so much fun. But, you know, it's like this, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as you're saying that, I'm like, I I still, not as much as I used to, but I still struggle with that, you know, from time to time. And it's also weird how, you know, as you change, you're kind of, sometimes you're like, kind of, I wish it was just easy to go back to like how I was before for a minute. Like that was really easy, you know, like easier Mm. than trying to, um, it's, it's interesting as like your frequency changes, it's not as comfortable sometimes to be in the situations you used to be in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so sometimes I'll be like, I I think about like, oh, maybe I can go back to that situation and be comfortable around like these people doing this or that. And then I'll try it and I'll be like, "Uh." (laughs) you know, like, no, but it's weird. And then sometimes I can like be around people that I like, I'm just thinking about, you know, family and stuff. That's like one of the the challenges because you're, you're, you're tied together and you love them. And like, um, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's those waves. Like you were saying, it's very up and down. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. fine. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't put up energetic boundaries <laughs> completely drained. I'm like on negative, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the infamous family dinner. And those, I'll tell you. <laughs> and it's, it's fun. It's interesting for both sides. And now um for the most part um have kind of stepped out of that and just see everything as experience you know it's a wonderful opportunity to try something different to play in a different energy there is this wonderful book by c.s lewis that's part of the narnia series and it was the first book called the magician's nephew and if you've never read this book or if you can get it, you know, go to your library and get the old copy because it has these incredible engravings in it. 
And there is this little place called the world between the worlds. And in this spot are all, it's like the perfect temperature. The lighting is always perfect for you. And there's all these little puddles. And every puddle is a gateway to a different world. And that's kind of what the awakening process is like. You're in that place and you get to choose which place do I want to jump. And process is realizing that you get to do this with your intent. It doesn't have to just happen. It doesn't have to just be something there, you know, like, and it is about intention, but also it is your vibration. Your frequency is calling to you what it is you are feeling you want to shift into and giving you a bunch of opportunities. It's like those memes where, oh, I'm, I'm okay, universe, and you you. <laughs> You're going to bring some stuff and and see how that goes. So it's not all fun, happy, joy time. There is a lot of dark experiences. But who's to say that one is better than the other? Who's to say that what one person is experiencing is any less valid than what you are? And I think this is a real trap that people can get into and feel that they are awakened. Therefore, they are better. They are on a higher plane. They're at a better frequency. It's um, really propagated in social media, this whole thing. And now I think they've got a term for it now, like toxic positivity or something like that, a new term. Yeah. And um, like high vibes only, which is something that I kind of makes me go. Yeah. <laughs> because it makes that everything. Yeah. And it's making an assumption that you're better than someone who's having a, a more difficult experience. Well, who's to yeah. say, right? They're yeah. just having an experience. But bringing it back to what you were saying about going into past experiences and thinking you can connect with it, you can't anymore. It's hard. There's a bit of grieving involved. There's a bit of like, you know, we want our friends and family to come with us. Yeah. But <laughs> it's challenging. But then when you step out of it and look at yourself as a spiritual being you realize you're really on this journey by yourself and everybody is there to support and prop each other up in their own way to bring forward experiences you wouldn't have had if they weren't there good or bad mm -hmm. and it's really for us to just choose what which way do we want to go but yeah it can be tough you want your friends you want your buddies there to come and hang out and yeah well and I you know, a lot of times I, I know that like the people in my life are in my life for a reason. I know I chose them to be in my life, you know, and, uh, it's just a matter of, like you said, I really like what you said about that observer piece, because I think it's a lot about detaching. Like, I think there's so many, um, attachments that we have to outcomes and, um, ways we want things to be. And I think if you can detach, there's a lot less suffering. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I come from a line of sufferers. <laughs> you know, it's hardwired into the DNA. If you're not suffering, you're not doing your job. And, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's very true. And it's it's taken, I still deal with that. It's taken me a lifetime of that, of, you know, like, oh, it's been so hard. Therefore, I deserve to have things happen as opposed to a very different school of thought now, which we're really seeing with younger generations, which is so exciting that people are coming in and being like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. So that's just gonna happen. And off they go. And you're like, but wait, you didn't suffer. But 
So it's really it's so fun to see that. Yeah. Um, the group. Um, one thing that really comes up for me a lot is bridging. And I am what is called a bridge group. And many people that are my age or in my experience um, are bridge people, meaning that we are bridging the way from the, the past paradigms, the way things used to be, the heaviness, the density, the restrictions mm-hmm. to this new way of being and openness and following your heart and your intuition and your joy, but yet still being responsible to yourself and others and respecting yourself and others, which is very important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bridging that. And so this is something that I have seen in every type of work that I have done. And I've done, you know, I'm multifaceted. I have done all sorts of things in my life. I feel very grateful to have had all those experiences, but very happy that I'm doing now what I really love. The more that I do it, the more it keeps happening. And it's really neat to see that. And I do hear that come through a lot in a lot of the channels about the connections between earth and the earth experience versus the spiritual experience. Um, I do with listeners that one of the biggest challenges for people that are entering into spiritual exploration, being a spiritual seeker, uh, looking into the galactics or the star seeds or sacred geometry or whatever, is this predisposition to become so enamored with it because it's exciting. It's like a whole world has opened up to you that you really become separated from your physicalness, from your body. And so it's really a challenge because you can spend, again, this is my personal experience, right? So I'm, I will share that I spent probably eight solid years not in my physical body most of the time. I was working with spirit. I was in meditation the whole morning, uh, channeling, being in nature, connecting with spirit. And it, for me, it was... <clears throat> coming out of a place of being highly sensitive and not understanding the separation and boundaries. So I was taking on everything, not just the people that I knew, but the energy of the world at large. So when there was a major event in the world before I even found out what it was, I was feeling it in my body. So I didn't want to be in my body. It didn't feel safe. So I was yeah. up into the spiritual zone, up in the higher dimensional stuff. And that also is not a healthy way. We really need to be in balance. Mm-hmm. And so that bridge between your physical body and your spiritual beingness and bringing them together and learning to love and like and trust your being, your physical being, bringing your spiritual self in is what I call embodiment. Other people use embodiment in a different uh, definition. But for me, embodiment means your spiritual beingness is in your physical beingness and you're working together. Because you're a team, right? Your body's here to work with you and get what you need and and be a vehicle as you get to go and play around and say, hey, what's happening down here? (laughs) I just pictured myself in a um, Barbie convertible uh, power wheels. (laughs) That's my vehicle. (laughs) Flashback. My sister had that, the Barbie convertible. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> well, no, because I, you know, like a lot of people say your body is your vehicle. And I just, that was, yeah. that image came to my mind, which made me laugh a little. That, that brings me to this question. Do you garden? Oh, I love gardening. 
I yes. thought so. Okay. Yeah, I thought I so. Do. Pictures. Um, I have. A, I live in an apartment, so I have a community garden plot. Cool. And it's a little ten by ten plot, which is having now half flowers because I let the flowers take over last year. Because <laughs> last year I got so fed up with my very clay based soil that I was like, everybody's going to be flowers and flat. <laughs> mitigate my soil. We see behind the jungle that is there's all plants around but I love them I love being in the garden I love growing my own food it's for me very grounding me too, again me when I was um in that when did that end I would say that crazy 10 years of, of being body ended about five years ago which was around I got my garden plot and I would go out there and really get like get my fingers into the dirt and dig stuff up and just be like oh, connected back in because I wasn't grounded at all and being grounded is really essential because if you're ex you expend a lot of energy when you are in the spiritual realm mm -hmm. we have many bodies beside our physical that extend out of us and so if they're always being depleted it's good to be in the garden and you know digging up my worms and chatting to them and saying let's go over here and work on that spot <laughs> i wish i had a, a big farm like you do well you I can come visit so anytime <laughs> i would love it i'd be out on the farm digging up on the i'd be too preoccupied talking to the bugs so. <laughs> it's so funny because uh i absolutely love it and i'll admit like what you were saying about like when you when the spiritual world is new to you you're just like enamored like for a little while it was boring for me like the farming was like, oh, old hat, like cause this whole spiritual thing opened up and I'm now coming around to a point where I'm integrating it all together, I feel like, and finding more of a balance. Um, and one thing that I feel like getting out in nature and getting your hands in the dirt and everything, one thing it helps me with too, is getting really present because, mm -hmm. um, I'm very like, I have a very active mind. And so if I just go outside and like, look at the clouds, I mean, there's no more now moment than that, you know? Mm -hmm. I really agree with that. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is, there are many challenges for us as spiritual people. And I think that is a huge one because we're human. And sometimes being human is really difficult. And being in the moment where you can feel pain, whether that's mental, emotional, or physical, or spiritual, is it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to feel it. I'm. I'm. I'm going to vacate. So it's very easy to stay mentally busy or physically active, but being in the moment really allows you to go. I remember what this feels like, and I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. And being in the moment is such a a wonderful space. I was listening to some of your podcasts yesterday, some of your other ones, and you, there was one where you were talking about your perception of time being very different to what it used to be, mm -hmm. which um, on my list of, you know, you're awakened when, well, yeah. that's the talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> my personal belief is time is a construct that was agreed upon by those of us that decided to incarnate in the physical density and the 3D. Um, said another way, 
if you're on earth at this time, you've kind of agreed to a set of rules that we all play by, like there's gravity and there's time and there's aging and we have a linear process. But as you begin to awaken and understand that there's more to our existence than the third dimensional, much talk about the fifth dimensional in the past five to eight years, the higher frequency, which is more thought, um, time, it starts to dissipate. So when you go into these moments of shifting into a higher vibration, which again, I'll go back to, you don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor in lotus position to be meditating. <laughs> you're, it, you know, those moments when you're washing the dishes and then all of a sudden you're done and you don't even remember doing them, right? That's that meditative state. That is you having shifted your vibration up into the third, fourth, fifth density where there is no time. And most of us can get there very easily by simply doing something you love. Do you ever notice that when you're doing something you love? Yeah. Time, gone. And then you have to do something hard and you're just like, what is it done? Like what, two minutes have passed. <laughs> I especially notice it when I talk to other people who like when I'm having it, like talking to you or like I talked to my friend Carrie the other day for three hours on the phone and it felt like five minutes and it's just like <laughs> you've like gone that. into this portal. Like it's, it's, I think there's something about the, the energies combined of two people. I don't know if, if that resonates for you, but for me, like I, a lot of times that's where I'll lose time is when I'm connecting with somebody and we're having these really deep conversations and maybe it's just that I really enjoy it, but yeah, I'm the same. And I, I totally agree with you. I like to think of it um, like bubbles. Now, this was presented to me uh, many years ago by Archangel Raphael. It was a way of doing a, a specific type of healing that for me was trippy because, you know, people always talk about visions and having voices and stuff. I'd never, ever had that. I just had the knowingness and the feeling, right? I never had any, like a, hi, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. That particular time I had a dream and it was like, I'm Archangel Raphael you're going to learn how to do healing a specific way. And I was like, okie dokie. Wow. <laughs> it was. And, and I, I don't get to do that often anymore, but I do love doing it. It's really fun. And it was working in a different uh, dimension on the energy body of somebody to help heal and release all of their traumas and things. And so what I was seeing was bubble. And so we have an energetic bubble around us. Some people call it the aura or the etheric um, energy. Mm -hmm. And when two people are intersecting, whether that's a phone call or coming into contact with each other, it's merging, mm -hmm. right? So it is a combination of your experience, energies, frequencies, resonance with that other person or people, mm -hmm. and it creates its own little space. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying, I can't remember the name of it. It's um, an American movie. I want to say it was called Interstellar, if that's ringing a bell. Um, but there was one point where um, the main character is going through all of these things and he thinks he's mentally ill and he's having all these experiences. And then at the end, and spoiler alert, because we haven't seen it, <laughs> share of it but at the end, um, all of these um, signs that he thought he was getting from aliens and different races was in fact him. It, mm -hmm was him frequency sending energy back to him. 
Yeah. And so I think there's a lot to be said for that theory, because of course, many of us believe that we are all one energy, one source energy, um, put on whatever label you want onto that. Mm-hmm. And that we ourselves are creating this energy for ourselves. Again, multidimensional, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a really good visual I got the other day, the Blue Avians, who are a high frequency group of um, energy consciousness, who were very clear about the fact that they are particularly, <laughs> which is really neat, because I saw the name and I was like, Blue Birds? Really? Blue Avians? What's that got to be? Like, you know, like you're into the starseed stuff and then you're like, like even that's way too far. <laughs> that's but, what i was saying that when you go into the the spiritual stuff and then sometimes you encounter stuff that you yourself feel like that's way too far out and for me i was like okay i can get down with the star seeds but blue avians really now we've got blue birds like <laughs> i've journeyed with the blue avians before and they're so cool and they were very clear about the fact that the bird thing is really not what they are that was put on by a perception of somebody on earth who had that visual Mm. you journeyed with them oh how exciting yeah I used to um be a part of Lori Ladd's Patreon and she does guided journeys sometimes yeah Yeah. and um I journeyed with the blue I want to say that that journey was almost like we went to a classroom Mm. um it was really interesting and I definitely have felt like I've been in that classroom in my dreams before so it's really cool yeah there is nothing as um, heart-filling and exciting as when you have an experience that is validated by other people. It yes. is it is because you're kind of like floating out there going, okay, I'm kind of doing this on my own because my friends and family have no idea what I'm talking about. And I don't know anybody in real life that talks to me about this stuff. And yeah, I see people online. And then you get into a group and you're, you're like, oh, wait, what? We have the same experience? What? Yeah. Yes. I just had one like that yesterday. I've, I've been reading, um, Anna grandmother of Jesus and, um, it's like a channeled book. This woman's like channeling Anna and they were talking about these Egyptian initiations that, um, Jesus and his disciples and all of these other people went through. And I have experienced what they did in the great pyramid and meditation at home, just on my own. Like, I was like, what? This is so cool. <laughs> that is, it, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> I thought I would share a bit about one of the first spiritual experiences I had because it's yeah. really, it was so far out there. So I grew up in town in the far north, like full out. I'm not kidding. That was legit. It was cold. And not a lot going on, right? There was no media back in the day. Um, We had CBC French and CBC English. That was our TV. And we had a local radio and that was it. Um, And one day, and I think this is really the only time this has ever happened to me. I don't know how old I was, 11, 10 or 11. And I literally sat up in bed, having had a dream and seen on um, papyrus the word Zoroaster. And I was like, oh, what? What? What is this all about? Uh, and then I did some research into it. And and um, I don't know if I did immediately. I don't think I told anybody about it for a while because it was so displaced from the reality I had because, I mean, it was the, 
80s and I was a young girl and uh, 70s actually. <laughs> and uh, that just wasn't in our, you know, our world. It was uh, so like, it didn't make any sense. And yeah. my sister had actually brought it up just later and we were talking about it. And she said, oh, yeah, that's Zoroastrianism. And um, and mentioned a bit about it and and that it was a Persian uh, faith. And so that was my first sort of spiritual thing. And it's always been there. And that um, spurred itself into many different explorations. Mm-hmm. And it comes back into many, many, many years later, having worked with Archangel Metatron, who had previous incarnations as Enoch. And guess who else? Zoroaster. Ah, okay. And um, many, I think he's got like five or six incarnations. And so that made a lot of sense. That was kind of a, my little like, hi, how you doing? Now come follow this when you're ready. And it was really cool because it it was so displaced from any other experience. So for me, it was always, uh, again, being brought up in a household with parents that were um, educators and very science-based, very you know mental uh, focused that this was an experience that had absolutely no connection to anything I had been exposed to. So for me, that was a validation that I needed at that point. Whereas now I don't, Mm -hmm. Um, I have that experience and it feels right. It resonates and it lights me up and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But it was such an interesting thing. So for you, you're having these experience where your, I don't know what you said it was the initiation rites of something in Egypt. Yeah, sa- uh, basically sound healing in a pyramid. Oh, cool. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I had a vision of that once myself. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I want to see if you resonate with this because I've never met anyone else who had. I Again, because my visions are pretty limited. So this was really clear. I'm apprentice to a sound healer. And they wands that were about this big. And they were made out of different types of crystals. And each one had a different frequency. And so the crystal was sort of, and then the sound would permeate them, would use it on the person to do very specific types of healing. Cool. And I have yet to, I actually looked to see if you could buy such a, an instrument because I was like, wow, maybe I should be doing that now. That's really cool. I but think it was you very- do have crystal tuning forks. I don't they do not just wands. Yeah, no, they have crystal tuning forks, but I've never seen anything like these were really specific. I'm also because I have a connection to, to crystals and minerals. Yeah. So it was very clear, like this particular one was citrine, that particular one was a um, type of um, emerald. I'm just looking at the vision in my mind as we're talking. Anyway, it was it was kind of trippy. It sounds <laughs> very Atlantean to me. Yeah, it could have been. Do you they all intersect? Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you, like, do you have, have you dove into like the past life regression thing at all? Or do you have like, um, well, two questions really, do you have any like soul memories, um, that you'd like to share? And also you were saying that none of us, like you decided you were none of the star seed origins or something like that. Do you resonate oh, with yeah. certain star seed, uh, groups or. I do and I don't, and this is the really interesting thing. Before I even got to the star seeds, a group came through called the Elohim, not to be confused with Eloyim, 
which is uh, a um, words, words, where's the word? The word is gone. <laughs> I know what the Elohim is. Cast. A cast. It's a cast of angels. The Elohim. E-L-O-H-E-I-M. The Elohim are actually a higher dimensional consciousness. That and, is interesting. <laughs> oh wait, it gets more. It gets more funky. So okay. this, um, this was actually now that I think about it, these were probably the first group that I channeled, and they came through about eight years ago, maybe earlier. I forget. And they were so uh, like, "Hi, we're here. You're one of us. You're here to bring forth messages. Make a website." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and it was really interesting. And so that was really where the channeling started. It's funny, I didn't think about that. So do I identify with the traditional star seeds that are of our um, third dimensional reality, such as Pleiadians, etc.? No, I see them, I understand them, I, I bring forward their messages, but I am actually part of a group called the Elohim. And the Elohim have this really fascinating gig, which is Oh, how do we make this short? Um, imagine there's a huge swimming pool and that swimming pool is all of creation. And in that swimming pool is one drop of water and that drop of water is our third dimensional understanding of the universe. Mm -hmm. So there are billions of universes. Ours is just that one drop. In that one drop, the Elohim's job was to construct uh, density. So they're kind of like architects. Ooh, so we're going to create this solar system. We're going to create this, um, what we call a black hole, which is really just a portal to another uh, universe. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks for that. I didn't know that till just now. <laughs> <laughs> I was really clear, no channeling during the talk. <laughs> um, that's funny. Anyway, so yeah, that's what they do. They're architects and they create all of these things. And so they they were like teaching me about that and then bringing those teachings forward to people who wanted to understand about grids of light and how you as a light worker can connect to these grids of light and the ones that are around the earth and our solar system and all of that. Mm. So that's my little sideways. And you were going to say something about them before I interrupted you. Went oh, I just, that was like you dropped a huge bomb because there's a lot of stuff about the, you, so how do you spell the group that you are associated with? Do you know so how were, to spell it? Yeah, they were really clear that it was Elohim with an extra E. So E, E-L-O-H-E-M. And the angels are E-L-O-H-E-M. There's no, there's no additional E in it. Okay. Cause, um, that's like terminology used in the Bible that a lot of people interpret just as many gods. Um, yeah. And, uh, so anyway, I was just like picking up another clue for connecting all of my dots that were here. Um, yeah, there's so many dots <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, Oh my gosh. I almost feel like my, my soul is like, Oh, you're so funny. Like that's exactly, I know that's exactly what I'm here to do is to like connect dots, but 
what that analogy you just gave of like the whole pool of creation and the drop, it makes you just giggle to think about trying to connect the dots because it's so much, but that's, that's what I like. I guess it's sort of like connecting a hologram is what it's really like, you know, like going into these different dimensions and time periods and just trying to find the commonalities and where's the story and the archetypes. And that's the stuff that just makes me tick, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's part of two things have just come up for me that I really wanted to share and let's hope I can remember them. So, oh, one's already gone. We'll <laughs> <laughs> come back. One of them was about the star seeds, which is I really encourage people to um, on your journey of playing, exploring, watching videos, listening to me like you, really allow yourself to be open to possibility. Think outside of the box because star seeds are a concept within our own third dimensional grasp on what it is that we have around us. You know, our little speck of a planet within a larger speck of existence. Think outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, well, star seeds are Pleiadians, but we have Pleiades star system that we can see. And so we are connecting to that and seeing that. Or there's Canis Major, or there's the Leonids, uh, all of these different uh, constellations that we can see from Earth. And so we're connecting to that and seeing it. Think outside. There's more outside of that. They're not just in our ability to recognize in the third dimensional aspect that we live in. Again, that's like the higher dimensions right like the blue avians are from i think they're 12 to 15th or something like that uh, the numbers don't make a difference really um they gave me a really cool analogy the other day which was think of it like a stack of papers so we have all of these papers that are on top of each other they're all different realities different frequency and you can be residing in many of them at the same time mm-hmm. and hey isn't it cool if the concept of deja vu is where we have these intersections and you're just remembering an experience in a different reality or a different vibration that looks very similar, which is why you suddenly go, didn't I just see that cat? You know, didn't I just see that cat? It's just an intersection and a remembering back to those points. So, yeah, that was kind of the point I wanted to make was play outside the box. There's so much more fun. Yeah. So, you might identify with Pleiadian, you might identify with Syrian, and that's awesome, but keep exploring. You never know what else is going to come through. Yeah. There's so much information now. You just named my two that I think. Right? Yeah. You like two? Yeah. I think those are the ones I resonate with most that I know of, <laughs> as you said. <laughs> well, you know what? And that's that's wonderful because they're both, you know, it explains why you're actively working to connect the dots as you were saying before Hmm. so it's putting that information out there and and networking and i mean this is one of the things that i'm challenged by is i have an immense amount of knowledge um, that i came in with it doesn't make you know it makes perfect sense that metatron is one of my main guys because he's all about knowledge and the filtering of knowledge through the collective which is what makes my heart sing the Hmm. thing that makes me so happy and lights me up is sharing information that people might not have heard of or haven't had access to that lights them up that lets them go wow and and, yeah. and explore expand that's what makes me happy networking yeah not so much <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> it's funny. I um, there's something I don't know why these Sabian symbols keep. I guess that's what I'm focused on right now. But there's there's these you can look up um, your Sabian symbols, which correlate with your astrological chart. And there's just a few that have come up in this conversation for me. And one of mine is uh, for my son and my Venus is a large aviary. It's just like these metaphors. And so the idea behind this one is that it's, you're always focused on everyone, like not just yourself, but you really want, like, you really want people to understand that we're all connected and what affects you affects me, you know, like that's the, the point. And so I think that's a part of why, like, I do what I do because I, I'm just like, there is some sort of message that I'm trying to spread, I guess, um, and connect people. And, and it's like a open marketplace, like in the bird, you think about birds and communities. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Oh, birds are, they're so fascinating. I mean, one of the coolest things on earth is a murmuration, which is when you get those huge flocks of birds and they create this pattern of light and form that shifts and you will see patterns that resonate uh, with you and then then it's gone in an instant I mean they're just magnificent yeah so much fascination around that I mean maybe you're picking bird energy because I still have the blue avians hanging out with me for a bit so (laughs) we've been hanging out for about two weeks now which is really interesting it's so cool it's like having a, a, a group of people coming to stay in the house for I was just thinking it's like a touring band. I used to be in bands and we would tour around and stay in people's houses. That's what it sounds oh, like cool. to me. Like this band's coming to visit. <laughs> yeah. And they all, like you were saying before, like, how do you know the difference? They all have their own energetic flavor. Yeah. It's a very different feeling. Like the, um, the Orions are very serious. Like we have work to do. Let's go. Mm. You know, like you're here for a reason. Let's get focused. Let's. <laughs> Going. The Pleiadians are like, you're doing great. Awesome. Oh, and it's the Pleiadians are so filled with joy. Have you ever seen um Bracca Goldsmith? Yes, I was just thinking of her. I she's yeah, when she starts channeling them, she's like, We just love you so much. We love you so much. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard my Pleiadian channel, it's similar. No, I don't uh, think so. Um like just thinking about it, I can feel them in my crown chakra. It's like you feel an expansion and it's just joy. And so like a really happy kid discovering bubbles for the first time, you know, (laughs) but yet underneath that is we're here for you. What do you need? We want to support you. Mm -hmm. So um, I would like to share that. That is something that all the groups have said in every channel is if if you um, just ask, Mm-hmm. they're there mm-hmm. and so you can connect with them just by saying I think I'm Pleiadian I'm gonna just ask you guys to maybe come around share some information maybe send me some stuff on social media book or something serendipitous that just happens that connects like your hexagon mm-hmm. you know something that that makes sense to you mm-hmm. and uh, it happens it's quite fascinating yeah how that happens that's a good reminder. I think that's for me, it's, it's all about 
intention. I think it's just about um, honing in on intentions and really like um, maybe having things just be a little bit more intentional. You know, if for if I want to get familiar with, okay, who is this? <laughs> you know, because um, I never feel like I have weird information come in or anything like that but I'm just like who is that <laughs> what who was that you know oh, I, I get that no feeling. one teaches us this <laughs> no well that's why we're here to teach each other and that's yeah. so cool I mean somebody put the funniest thing on my YouTube channel the other day it was so out of the out of the blue it was like I, nobody teaches us this in school thank you for being my new school and I was like oh that's really cool and yeah. it wasn't you know, and I, I don't take ownership of that because it's for the group that came through and I can't remember which video that was commented on, but yeah, I mean, what a cool community of people are starting to gather on the YouTube channel. It's so exciting. I've been doing, I just had my one year anniversary, by the way. That's so exciting. Oh, oh, it is. Yeah. It's really, it's been a very slow, steady growth and you have no idea if people are watching it and what you're doing, and, but it's, it needs to be out there. So that's why I'm doing it and they're timeless. So you know, if, if uh, any of your listeners want to check out my channel and see if any of those star groups resonate with you or any of the other frequencies, then the videos are there. The channeled messages are there. And uh, I honestly, <laughs> it's such a funny experience because sometimes I do not remember a darn thing that was said until I go back and I'm editing. Interesting. And a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that. Like, there was one that came through Metatron about a month ago, which was literally all about using your intention. And it was so clear. It was like, look, you need step-by-step -step instructions there, Miss Friend. Here they are. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> Sometimes like uh, when I do Oracle readings, I go back and listen because it's, it feels channeled to me. It's, I don't remember all, I mean, I usually remember most of it, but when I'm watching it again, I'm like, that's me. Like, I remember saying that, but like, this just seems so much deeper than what I would come up with on my own. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, this is helpful. <laughs> so it's weird because yeah. you're like, that's me, but like that's my higher self or something I don't know <laughs> I think it's our higher selves I think it's the guides that we work with and I also think it is tapping into the unity consciousness of the right because you will find again and again and again whether you're doing tarot whether you're you know do palmistry or numerology whether you're doing automatic writing for yourself or for others in any case that you will bring forward information that the next day or at a later time, you're going to hear from many other people. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, and, and it, sometimes it's really specific mm -hmm. and you'll be like, Oh, I was doing this. And then I watched the Lee Harris video and then he's talking about the same thing. Or I watched Lori Ladd and she's talking about the same thing. And it's, I think that's us all connecting with each other. I've had specific metaphors brought to me that I later saw somebody else channel from uh, Metatron actually, but oh. I, but I had no idea it was Metatron until I saw somebody else saying Metatron's telling me this. And I was like, oh, so that, I guess that was Metatron <laughs> or also I wonder <laughs> maybe it was just 
I'm tapping into the collective consciousness, you know, because then again, like if it's all connected, who's to say different energies wouldn't bring the same information. Exactly. And you know, oh, love us or leave us. Humans love a label. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, I don't resonate with it unless I'm into the thing. But sometimes there's no nebulous energy. And so um, it is, it's a, when you begin to do this work, um, it just kind of comes and finds you. And I'm sure you're going to find this this summer when, or spring, I should say, when you're planting, you'll be out planting and all of a sudden you're going to start getting all this stuff coming in and be like, what is going on? <laughs> and it's, uh, some people call them down, we'll call them um, awakenings or portals energy that comes in um like the light codes which come in we didn't even talk about that um there's so much so much happening it's really neat it's like you know you really are a vessel a wide open vessel and it's a lot of fun until you get overwhelmed (laughs) and so i guess i'm just sharing that from a point of view without judgment because I don't know anybody that could have done it in a more uh, challenging way than I probably did it because I was just without any boundaries like I was like letting everything in I just wanted more of the experience more 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 until I tired myself out to the point that I couldn't do anything so if you can at all you know try to use a little discernment or balance is always good get out and garden get grounded Look at the darn clouds and go, wow, that's cool. Is it a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And now, I mean, you have the experience that you can share that with other people, you know, and that's really valuable. And it's a lot of fun. And I think one of my largest challenges is remembering what it's like to be in that stage because I've come through it now into a different place where it's so much a part of my life but I've forgotten what it's like to be somebody that's still really connected into the mainstream, you know, still um, being bombarded with the amount of information that we are constantly bombarded with. I'm really careful now about what I allow in just because I try to retain my energy as much as possible. Yeah. But sometimes I get the messages that come through and it's like, Oh, that was also for me. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm going to keep doing it for now and see what happens and just enjoy it. I mean, it's very different working with the galactics and higher frequency energies than it was working with the grounded energies of the elementals. Because, um, and for those of you who've never heard of elementals before, these are the nature spirits. So um, of the undine of the water, our water spirit, the sylphs are the air spirit. The gnome and fey of the earth, which encompass a whole variety of energies. And then the one that trips people up the most is of the fire, because they were actually referred to as the salamander, not the animal. <laughs> it's actually an old term. And their spirits. So if you've ever been sitting, like, you start to see faces and stuff, that's those guys. Mm. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the time it's been brought into our culture as something negative um, and used in a way in horror movies and garbage like that. But that is not the case. There is duality in all things. So 
they are fun. So yeah, next time you have a fire, check and see if you can see some faces. <laughs> and have a conversation. That's <laughs> what they have to say. <laughs> Oh my oh, gosh, well, thank you. I feel like I could definitely talk to you for hours. <laughs> I feel like you're you're gonna have to come back on again sometime if you want. <laughs> I would love to. You can corral me down to one subject. <laughs> <laughs> I love going all over the place anyway, too. Keep it interesting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for this was my first podcast ever. So what oh, a fun cool. experience. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tanya as much as I did. She is a wealth of knowledge, and that was really fun. Um, Be sure to check out her YouTube channel, Light Code. You can find her on Instagram at Tanya Kusi or at Light Code Crystals. And she has been kind enough to offer our listeners a 10% discount at both of her shops. You can find crystals, uh, paintings, prints, and more. So go to the show notes and check out the links for that and the coupon codes. And we really appreciate that, Tanya. Until next time, remember, light always wins. <laughs>